Welcome to the In Call Out Call podcast, a podcast from the Counter Narrative Project. Join us as we will discuss how black gay men sex workers are impacted by criminalization, capitalism, gentrification, and everything in between. Whether we're using our stories or just standing in solidarity with other sex workers, we'll be giving you our take. So join me, your host, Just D, as we create space to destigmatize sex work. Welcome to the In Call Out Call podcast. I have Johnny here again. Hello. I'm and happy that, to be back. And that's exciting. Happy that you're here. And today we're going to be talking about activism, which is a huge topic. It's a huge topic. So when you think about activism, you know, activism is so big, so I don't know where to start. Where? I mean, so what I think what's funny about activism, I'm, I'm excited about kind of picking your brain about this mm-hmm. too, as it you know relates to sex work. You know, activism... You know, the act of moving, the act of moving something forward, the act of forcing change and all of that. I I think in so many ways it's become like a buzzword. Right. And people want to be an activist. First of all, activists don't be out here making like coins, right? So it's funny (laughs) that people- You don't make a lot of money. No. So it's funny that people like want to do that. Get a little clout though. Yeah, but but you got so many people that (laughs) alter that- when you start disrupting the status quo, yeah, which your podcast just does inherently, right? Mm-hmm. It challenges people's thought. When you start to do that and disrupt the status quo and what people expect, like people don't, they think they like it until they don't. Right. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's something I, I had to realize mm-hmm. that when you start disrupting power, there's consequences for it. And you yes. and people will try to silence you and people will attack you mm-hmm. and they take you down. And I, and I feel like, and that's just my own experience. And I don't feel like I'm the most out, outspoken person. So I can't imagine what it's like to be somebody who's like really deep, deep in activism and, and what that is and the type of self-care you have to go through just to maintain, um, you know, sanity. So it's funny that you mentioned like self-care. And that's another thing, right, that we've been talking about like a whole lot. Yeah. You really don't have... I don't even know what it means all the time. (laughs) And it means something different for everybody. But that's also become one of those kind of terms that we use that's like a buzzword. But the reality is the work that we do, the people who we are fighting for don't always know that we're even doing it. Mm. And that's okay. But at the same time, it's a reminder that we have to connect with other people that are kind of doing the work and we have to love on each other. Yeah. Because we kind of need that. The other day you said that to me and that really stuck with me is that you just said sometimes the people you're fighting for don't even know you're fighting for them. Same time, I just want to uh, add in there that I don't want to fight for people who don't who um who have different ideas for their own lives. You know, I don't I don't want to step step on people and oppress them in that way in the way in which the left always has to fight their own tendency to become little dictators. Mm. But simultaneously, for the people who will benefit from the work I do, that we do, that ever, that so many people do, being okay with you know being okay with you benefiting and you not appreciating right. me or anything else is happening or even know that you did <laughs> or even, it. right or even know that you benefited you, right you know like okay well you know you maybe i was there winning the championship and you was on the bench and you got the ring but it's okay you still matter you're still part of the team you're still part of the team <laughs> we're all part of we're this all part of it. i'm curious so one of the things that we've talked about a lot so when we look at Sex work activism. Mm-hmm. You're the first black gay man that I know who's kind of picked up the mantle to kind of talk about this. There may be other people, so I'm not 
Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm sure there's. Many I'm sure people. there's other people, yeah. and we just don't that I just don't know, right? And I haven't connected with yet. And you haven't connected with you know, yet. but I look forward to it. So if you do, you know, right? Hit me on my Twitter or something. And so I'm happy that you. What inspired you to pick up this mantle of starting to have these like tough conversations? You know, for me, I always wanted somebody else to do that work. You know, I just wanted to be there and like read what they what somebody else was saying. Somebody who who I, I it always feels like somebody else is better prepared to do to do that type of work and so i kept waiting for somebody else to like you know to speak to say something you know other you know porn performers something with like big platform i was like somebody's gonna start doing something it's gonna be like dope as shit mm-hmm. and i'm gonna watch them and i'm gonna take in and maybe be like a little like ooh, i could do that but not really i don't want to do it but that didn't happen right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it didn't happen or it didn't happen in a way that became visible to me mm-hmm. so you know when it so when I became a part of the community in this in this visible way, and I saw all the conversations happening, I'm like, well, there's a lot of work that has to happen here. And what's so- one thing that you can think of that you're like, this is something that I wish we could do together that we should probably organize around? Well, you know, we touched on another show. So, of course, uh, consent. That was that was big. So organizing around ideas of consent, making consent more nuanced, thinking about conditional consent, thinking about consent as not just being affirmative. Yes, uh, looking for. I think I feel like I say yes in every show, but you know it has to be it's said true. every show. It has, it to, has be to be said, said every show. Every show because people don't get it. <laughs> um, and looking and looking for the ways that consent is sometimes less longer than the sexual act itself mm-hmm. and is is conditioned on certain things. So that's one thing that really stood out to me. But what I saw online happening too was this it came up in the presidential is coming up in the presidential campaign is the idea of like decriminalization. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many like online sex workers, I call them gig sex workers these days because of OnlyFans just for fans who are now part of this community yes. but you know separate themselves from these other conversations and I feel like all these conversations and, and for people who you know maybe do like online stuff but I know a lot of people do online stuff and then simultaneously do other things you know ideas of prostitution um, I use the word prostitution because I like that word <laughs> you can use whatever word you want <laughs> that's, the word, that's the word I like I don't want people to be like don't use that word I like that word and so when I saw like criminalization but at the same time with without like you know, happening over here with like black women and black trans women, and you know, maybe some like white women. You know, white. You know, the conversation happening over there. I'm like, well, we need to be having the same conversation too, mm-hmm. and primarily having that conversation. Maybe because criminalization doesn't happen in the same way it happens uh, for men, because in a way in which laws around prostitution are directed towards controlling uh, women's bodies, but. At the same time, being a little more nuanced with that and thinking that for a lot of black gay men who hold that identity simultaneously do this thing, they're like, get, get up and geesh. And that's that. So so what that is, yes, I, was like, I don't know what that is, is, um, you know, men who you, you, you take on a trans identity for work purposes, you know, like Understood. like I might advertise myself as as being trans, you know, and at the same time, maybe as a maybe as a boy too, so I can so I can get more clients, so mm-hmm. I can so my income could be a little more st- stable. And if you're on 
if you're a cop, right, you're law enforcement, you're not going through ads and being like, well, who's really trans out here? That's right, the people, right, right. That's the people we want to lock up. Right. You're just like, who? here's who. Here's Whoever's coming. on this side, we're taking them all to right, jail. Right. You know? So, th- so thinking about uh, people like that and the whole holding up space for black gay men who do, who do work like that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you, you have to expand the conversation to other, to other things to think about street sex work still exists. Mm-hmm. And for people like that, Maybe you don't get criminalized in the way for prostitution. You're not going to get locked up for prostitution, but your black body being in these certain spaces will get locked. Will get locked up. Right. And if you are, and if and if it was decriminalized, I have to put the emphasis on decriminalized instead instead of being legalized versus completely understood. You know, because decriminalization is something completely different from being legal. We aim for right. decriminalization, not le- not not for it to be legal. If if it was decriminalized, then you could be in certain spaces. Yes. Just saying, I'm doing my sex work, or organize yourself in a way in which maybe you can make your work a little bit safer mm-hmm. instead of just you know loitering here. Is that going to solve all the problems? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know, are you still going to be targeted because you're a because you're a black male in certain spaces? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that can reduce some of the harm, and I think that's important. It gets me thinking. You have our black male bodies, which we know are over-policed and uh-huh. over-criminalized. But you also have this hearts and minds conversation that I think decriminalization also gets to. Oh, absolutely. Even though it doesn't say it, which, okay, so I think one of the things I would want to add to this conversation as well is activism around destigmatizing, and I know that you did a show about that, mm-hmm. destigmatizing sex, sex work. work yeah. Because that comes with part of the decriminalization of Absolutely. it. Because criminalization of course happens physically, right, to our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. But we also have these images of what criminal a criminal is, right. quote unquote, and I'm putting up air quotes right now. And I think we have to erase all of that. Right, right. Absolutely. Because the sex work is always the sex worker is always thought of as being a criminal, mm-hmm. as being a threat to innocent bodies as, be, as being a biological threat to innocent, to innocent bodies so when we decriminalize it we can start to shape a different narrative of what like sex work actually is about what healthcare is for sex workers instead of assuming that sex workers are you know all these other things so, so I, I really like what you said about it's, it's about working on our hearts and minds at the same time realizing that the politics of sex is deep yes and that we have this idea of the uses of sex the proper uses the respectable uses of sex and that sex work always goes against that and 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 so it becomes this idea of broader politics even of a class politics even even i would think i would i would extend that to the ideas of like population management and the nation state and all those type of stuff so mm. so it becomes like this broader thing of what it means to be a sex work when you even when you look at the history of like sex work, the sex worker is like a, a threat. Around when we think about ideas of like the Chinese Exclusion Act, it was like these Chinese women are coming in mm-hmm. and they're prostitutes, and therefore they're a threat to the a, a threat to the nation and stuff like that. And so the sex worker itself become becomes a threat. And so so there's a, there's a lot there around winning our hearts and minds. Then when you combine it with like black male bodies, thinking about the idea of so queer bodies are are bodies of disease the sex workers are by disease the black male body the black queer male body is definitely a, a body of, a, a body of, of, of disease so when all those things come to get, come together and the work and the work in those type of bodies it's so much harder to work against that mm-hmm. but cr- decriminalization helps because then we can we'll be able to see people getting services and mm-hmm. getting help and working their way through that I know for a fact how hard it is to get people to have these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know about in private. I will let you tell me, but I definitely know in public. So I have two questions. I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. How did you get comfortable with having these conversations? One, one with saying that you do sex work. You are the first person who I've ever met who was very comfortable with using the word prostitute to refer to themselves. Love you're the, that fucking word. <laughs> you're the first. You're the first man. Um, first person, period. But uh, that I think, but definitely the first guy. Yeah. So one, how did you get? comfortable there and what is the way that we get other voices into this conversation the way i got comfortable with that word is i think for me it's just a personal history of uh of always being like isolated and and i feel like like i'm the black sheep and moving through that so it was always easy for me to just be like you know junior high school i'm like listen y'all like boys sometimes then get to high school i was like actually i don't really like boys i like trans women you know so then when when i started doing sex work it was like i'm a prostitute y'all that's just what i do so it's always been easy to me because i didn't i didn't have anything to try to like maintain because it was like i always had these associations with me um just just because my own personal history At, at the same time i like the term sex work but for me when i think about sex work a lot of times the the first thing and then you know you get past it is like a white woman yes and and, and it's very white political stances which didn't which you know just didn't feel i i identify as a sex worker now Mm -hmm. in in certain spaces and uh as a as a political ideology but i like to use the term and sometimes like even when you say sex work it, it still feels like a little respectable like oh i'm a sex worker and it's like people can imagine all these other things you do besides prostitution and i'm just like no i want you to know exactly what this is mm-hmm. <laughs> right like i i have done prostitution mm-hmm. i probably will do, probably will do it in the future mm-hmm. and this is what i do there yeah. is sex i will have it for money yeah. and so i can go home and I think by like saying that out loud, you you allow people to then confront their own bullshit, <laughs> right? Have you, and I imagine that, and I, I think this fits into activism too, because I imagine there have been times when when people have responded negatively, or that you've countered some people's thoughts about what a sex worker was. You know, surpri- surprisingly for me, mm-hmm. I haven't had that visceral response in person. Mm. people will be like oh okay <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's very nice i think of the paula abdul video right wow, wow. okay okay <laughs> you okay. know and like well how long have you been doing that mm. you know and then they'd be like well are you all right and i'm like we're, we're both in spain right now at the same hotel like i'm doing okay <laughs> like <I>, we're <laughs> like <laughs> relax um but online you know you one day someone said to me i was talking about my experience at uh at the doctor mm-hmm. and somebody was like that's because that shit you do and people like you do that shit ain't natural and y'all be trying to act like it's not natural and it's dangerous to your health and it was like well hold on <laughs> you know that like uh, when we talk about health, it's very political, mm-hmm. and all these other things influence the way in which we interact with the healthcare system. Yes, particularly the black folks. We had particularly for black folks, oh. you know, particularly for poor folks. Yes, you know, and all that stuff comes together. <laughs> That's what impacts you and, and determines your, your health outcomes. So I was like, so I'm always kind of like, what? <laughs> So I feel like there's always some type of education, which is basically activism that has to happen because you you're also now having to educate this 
medical provider mm-hmm. about how to interact with a sex worker. Yeah. That's how I imagine that that is a lot of space to hold. That is the daily politics of that so many of has to go through. Yeah. I personally don't go, <laughs> go out my way to educate people mm-hmm. who haven't asked me to. But when it comes to you know interacting with doctors, even our and it's just I'm thinking about this doctor in particular. She was she wanted to be sex positive okay. and and, th- and wanted to be supportive, you know. But just didn't know how to. to there's so many things when you talk about sex. There's so many things you have to, uh, you have, especially in healthcare, mm-hmm. that you have to like rearrange and go from there. So. I think it's about uh, coming up with a formula of how to make healthcare more sex worker friendly, mm-hmm. and I think that comes around. You know, when or first of all, when people when people tell you what they do, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I think you have to allow people to tell you what they need because at the same time, like I'm a sex worker, but I also get tested every month. You know, mm-hmm. in between going to prep, and you know, I, I mean, I, I maintain that. So don't. So when I come into the doctor, don't assume that like. I'm just going to need like, oh, let me get that penicillin shot. It's like, mm-hmm. well, like not, you know, right. <laughs> like, right. please don't get that. Um, and so, yeah. Bringing other people in, like how, what is it? And I mean, I guess this is part of it, right? But when I think about getting other voices to the table, yeah, uh, what can I, as part of the community, you know, when, when I was on the show last time, like I talked about this idea that myself and so many folks that I know, we consume the work that like Born, yeah. the work that the work the sex work that gets done right yeah. it's always on our phone it's always on our computer right. we have more access now than we've ever had right right so as a consumer as the community how do we help get more voices like yours to the table you know that's so tough like when we, when we started doing this you know um sent out invites to quite a few people mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get a lot of responses and that's okay maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's also because they're like who the hell are y'all mm-hmm. um, but some things that i think it, it's hard to talk about sex especially in, in black spaces because of the way sex has been used against us and to control us and navigating white supremacy so i i think that's part of the reason why so many people would just like even even if it's known to do sex work you don't you don't want to have to acknowledge it on on that level and be that and, and be uh that committed to it because like it was like some really popular people like, mm-hmm. i'm like well everybody knows this is what you do but it's just like no i don't want to i don't want to do something like that and it could be other reasons too but the fact that there was so many people who just didn't want to talk about i think it's about i think it's about the sex politics that happened within black communities and in response to the legacy of white supremacy and the way in which sex gets deployed to then validate the humanity of certain subjects and beings and so by trying to tap into like these uh, very white I won't say Puritan but some researchers I know it's not really that these Victorian uh, sexual politics by trying to tap into that by trying to uh, uh, reclaim our humanity as black people it's been very tough so I think when we talk when we talk about trying to get more sex workers to the, to the table it's allowing people to work through that mm. and i think that's happening because i think with the with the proliferation of like only fans and just for fans and many vids and all these other platforms i think so many people are like coming into sex work even if they don't identify with sex work mm-hmm. i think the visibility of of like so many other people because i used to like if you go i remember one time going to a ball and everyone was like all the boys in here are are, um, are escorts mm-hmm. well and they're not this scammers but then like we never talked about because we you have to acknowledge it you know I, like i unless you told me i didn't know right 
right. you know, because like on the ad, there's going to be a different picture. But now we know who's out there, and you see who's around you doing it. So, so I think, so I think it comes with time, and I, mm. I think, it, I think it allows. It's about allowing people to, uh, to work through that, to work through that, and then, and then they come to it. So that they come to it when they're ready. Mm. But I think by by us having the conversation. Mm-hmm. The few people who who do want to talk allows for other people to say like you know I have something else to say I'm I, I'm gonna completely disagree with what Dennis said because I got something else yeah. probably better and I welcome you to come over here <laughs> and to say it. so are you inviting people into your inbox to have this conversation you D? can you can come to my inbox if you want to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to what show number one, you will know why I'm asking right. this particular question in this way. If you right, you know. Otherwise, we have other guests who who welcome other messages, <laughs> and that is great. And I would direct you to them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I, I think it's, it's, it's allowing. Um, it's and that and and then I think I also think about that for so many sex workers, their lives are their lives are so precarious, you know, yeah. be- because like you may be making a lot of money, but you have to constantly be on top of it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. cause it can just dry up any second. Right. And then things like that. And, and so then we get back to like decriminalization, right. Mm-hmm. Being able to organize yourself in that type of way, getting rid of SESTA and FOSTA mm-hmm. because that limits your ability to advertise. And all, so all those things come together. And I think when, when we start like dismantling these other stuff, mm-hmm. more people come to the table because then we have limited, we have gotten rid of some of the stigma we have gotten rid of some of the obstacles and then people can be like i got time right 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 right. (laughs) i didn't realize about the limitation well i guess it makes sense right because you know right now sex work is criminalized Um, right (laughs) so there's a limit but to an extent right so there's legal you know so we have of course we have pornography we Mm -hmm. have you know, there's other things, you, you know, there's the ability to be, you know, online on like an OnlyFans or just for fans. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fine. Right. What I what I didn't realize was how the limitations around advertising as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was regulated. Oh, yeah. Especially, Which makes sense, but. Especially with bills like uh, Sesta and Foster. It, it makes it, you know. I can think back in the day there was a bunch of sites that you can go through, or even the sites that still exist. Like I think for Adam, for Adam, they used to clearly you used to be able to clearly say like escort on your um on your ad. I remember that right. You could just put like escort because it would be like anything, and now it's like you can say like photographer, masseuse. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, I, but you cannot say escort. They will take that if you put it in your little your little box. They're gonna be like, we're taking that shit down. Wow, because there was what they said the bill was gonna do, but what it actually did was to control sex online and a lot of sex working, that, and that's who it was really targeting. So. And that's part of organizing too is is trying to dismantle these very conservative wing and also people who are, who are, are well meaning who organize around sex trafficking, but what they really mean is, is just prostitution mm-hmm. and, and trying to take that down. But when we when we talk about ads, sex workers advertise everywhere people gather. So Ooh, so and yeah. so so anywhere you know I I see people more so back in the day um i don't see it too much people who you know would drop hints through instagram mm-hmm. or you know tumblr mm-hmm. tumblr was a big thing you, you know you could you could link your your ad there and then they could see like little videos and stuff now you could uh, do it on on twitter or or grinder mm-hmm. you know now has become so intense that you have to constantly your ad getting taken down moving it someplace else sites getting shut down 
having to having to do it another way, not not saying things uh, directly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you don't say I'm a top. You say I yeah. like topping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I get. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Apparently, it's not. <laughs> Websites will clearly say it. Like, do not say I like the top. You can say I like topping, and you're like, okay, cool, cool, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> you know, so so it has it has really worked to uh, to reinstill this way of 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 controlling uh, sex and the spaces where uh, sex workers can be and that has been really damaging and particular, especially when it first implemented you know it came like all of a sudden right and people were just like on the road trying to make money and then suddenly their, their biggest you know when Backpage went and mm-hmm. that was huge their biggest way of advertising just suddenly shut down and it was like if you just got on the road you know you just spent your last little hundred dollars right to get your ad to get your room and stuff like that and then you got shut down it's like that that really uh threw people and it, and it has become increasingly hard like i, I think now like I, I work from one place mm-hmm. and, and so you know fortunately they're in another country mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know it makes it a lot harder but it, it makes it makes it so much harder to try to navigate these on these uh online spaces because any, anything that suggests sex can then be like hmm. for companies in particularly uh, in particular you know they can then be accused of f- f- uh, facilitating sex trafficking hmm. you know and then be held liable for that in the way in which we know that when we're talking about sex trafficking if you really want to reduce sex trafficking you really have to work on people who are irregularly documented and people who are undocumented and creating better immigration policies because those are populations that get trafficked yes you know i'm not saying it doesn't happen to other populations it does but primarily we're talking we're talking about immigrants coming in who want to go other places who might you know be like i'm coming in and then because their legal status you know then force Mm-hmm. And they're forced. We're only talking about the, when we talk about sex trafficking. We're talking about people who are forced, forced to to then do that type of work. So mm-hmm. if you really want to fight sex trafficking, that's what that's that's what we're doing. That's part organizing too. Cool. This has been enlightening. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it has. It makes me. I don't know. Well, I I, hope I, f- so. I feel like there's so huh. I said, well, I feel like it, I hope so. Yeah, I, I feel like there's <laughs> what I what I like about this conversation is I feel it's still the tip of the iceberg sort of conversation. Yeah. And thank you for being willing to kind of champion us forward to have these discussions because I think it's increasingly important. And because, and like we've talked about, like there are so many folks who are engaging in sex work, needing to understand all the pieces or as many pieces as they can that can impact their lives and their livelihoods specifically. Right. Because there's a lot there. And when you talk about sex work and activism, you know, there's always attempts to be intersectional, but sometimes we create like a, like uh, when we think about sex work and intersectionality, we like black women, black trans women. And that's great. And we Mm -hmm. always, and we always need to start from those places. At the same time, being intersectional, we have to then look at policies that go other directions and and the way those other, other things work. And, so it becomes a lot. So you, yeah. have, so you have so you have to talk about you have to talk about ideas of like class and class and class exploitation. Why those are the people who become sex workers who who engage in sex and, and survival sex and you know and all all these other things. Oh, that's like a whole. I feel like I you know I don't know what your show plans are for. It called alcohol, <laughs> I feel like that conversation because you know part of actually this brings up something interesting. We were just having this conversation about how it can be challenging to get people to kind of talk about this, in particular black men to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much of that is a function of folks 
who choose to do the work versus folks who feel like they have to do the work. Right. And what that whole conversation is and how we begin to now have a dialogue around showing folks all of the options that they have if a folk cho- if a person chooses to do sex work great but if a person is like i would like to do something else okay great too how do we make sure that that opportunity is available to them right and that's another thing um people who want to leave sex work you know it becomes so much harder it becomes so much harder to try uh moving to other things because this becomes like the defining thing of your life for like a long time Mm. you especially if you do it in a public way yeah and now with the internet, everything lives forever. Everything lives forever. So you got so you like you hear you hear. I, but you know it's funny. I think you you know when people want to come to the table, it, it's so many people don't want to acknowledge when they're doing survival sex work. Mm-hmm. Like so, like and that's real. So when so when you're saying like oh I chose to do it and I have to do it and I'm looking at some of the things around you and. You know, asking you where you were before, what you plan to do afterwards, you know, what what's your skill set now? And, and, like, I can see that you don't know exactly what that looks like for mm-hmm. you. It's like, it kind of becomes, like, a little blurry, mm. you know? Like, I choose, to do, I choose to do it, but also I have to do it. So I think for a lot of people, it becomes, like... Ooh, it becomes, like, a, a blur. It becomes blurry. That line, yeah, it becomes a little blurry. You know, I'm hoping, and I know that we're, we're wrapping up, but I, I'm. it is my hope for you and, and Call Alcohol that it will help to give brothers the clarity that they are looking for. Yeah. If they're looking for something, um, it's my hope that In Call Alcohol will help folks be able to find it. Yeah, yeah, whatever absolutely. Whatever that thing is. Yeah, whatever it is. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Thanks for being back. It was great. Fantastic time with you. Thanks for coming on the show. Perfect. And that wraps it up. I hope people like it. I hope people listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next time, everybody. See y'all on fire. <laughs>